Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and blessings, and welcome to another installment of the Gist of Freedom Estate. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author Leslie Gist, and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African American experience by honoring all the people, past and present, black and white, who, with faith and focus, are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. Greetings, greetings, greetings. I am your host, Jamal Brown. And recently in the news, ironically, our commander-in-chief made a statement about the lives of soldiers being more or less worthless. Uh, Commander-in-chief had some disparaging words to say about, again, people who gave the ultimate sacrifice, laid down their life, sacrificed their limbs in pursuit of freedom and justice in this country. Now, we're not here to argue whether or not black people should be in military service. That's an argument that I've come across in the uh, in the public, uh, whether or not people's energies is, is more uh, or better serve working on behalf of black people uh, on the grassroots level, pay homage and acknowledge some of those folks who we know were not stupid, who were not dumb. Uh, again, the commander in chief has now come out and denied. Uh, however, as I said, they were reported. So, you know, I don't, I don't want to get in trouble here, but these, this is what was reported. Uh, on the Just a Freedom Radio Show, like we always do, we are going to shine a little light on, on the situation. We are going to uh, dig a little deeper. We are going to uncover nuggets of truth and, again, shine a spotlight on outstanding individuals, particularly those of African descent, black people, who have made great contributions to the world. I like to say that black history is the missing pages of world history. Say it again, is the missing pages of world history. Our contributions, our accomplishments, the excellence that we provide to every situation is sometimes overlooked. But here at the Just Freedom Radio Show, especially when I'm on the mic, your host, Jamal Brown, with the Black 65, we will give a megaphone on individuals who have made great contributions. Again, you are listening to Black Mr. Black 365 from Jamal Brown. Uh, you can find out more about me at black365.com, B-L-A-C-K, 365.com. You can find out more of our exciting uh, historical, educational, edutainment uh, series at blackhistoryuniversity.com. You can also check us out on iHeartRadio, Blog Talk, uh, YouTube. We're everywhere. Our, our shows have been listened to over 30,000 times, three zero comma zero 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 thirty thousand times, uh, and we are only just beginning to hit our stride. Again, we're talking about soldiers, men and women, who lived, struggled, and died for all of us. Each and every time I pour a libation, when I pay homage to our ancestors, I utter those words. And virtually every time I'm on this show, I utter those words as well. That truly is the reason why we do it. Again, ensuring that those who require respect are given that respect. Uh, I would love for nothing more than when my creator calls me home that those here who are left behind recognize and Work. 
honoring others. Without any further ado, our images. We understand that images shape our reality. That is why each and every show we give you images. Because images tell the story better than my words can ever. This here is a statue. It's not just any statue. This is an official statue honoring those courageous, those ferocious, those strong Buffalo soldiers. This statue was found in Leavenworth, Kansas. Some of us have may heard of Leavenworth before. Under uh, more unscrupulous uh, uh, reasons, there is a prison, federal prison in Leavenworth. But that, we're not talking about that today. Uh, we're talking about just up the road there in Leavenworth. There is this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful statue that is in honor of the Buffalo soldiers, those fierce soldiers who fought for freedom. Many of them were formerly enslaved or the children of formerly enslaved. They believed in hope. They believed in freedom. They believed in a better tomorrow, and they put down their lives to ensure a better tomorrow for our people. Here is another picture of that statue. Look at all those beautiful brown faces, men and women there paying homage to the Buffalo soldiers and the legacy that they uh, created and checking out that statue there in Leavenworth, Texas. I hope to one day visit the statue. I'm understanding that there's quite a bit of Kansas as our people came up from the south was seeking way out seeking uh, an opportunity to leave codes, uh, reconstruction, uh, slavery by another name. Uh, we oftentimes went to uh, West. And again, there's much, much uh, history. There's a book called The Black West. There's also a book called Black Indians. Uh, the author's last name, Katz, does a great job of telling about the um, brothers and sisters who went west in search of a better life. The official Calvary Regiment, let me do something here on on uh, we do something here on our visuals here. Uh, never mind. I'll just keep going. Uh, the official regiment, for those who may be interested and want to do further research here on our Buffalo Soldier Brothers, uh, the 9th Cavalry Regiment, the 10th Cavalry, 24th Infantry Regiment, 25th Infantry Regiment, the 2nd, 38th Infantry Regiment, Again, the Buffalo Soldiers were established by Congress as the first peacetime all-black regiment in the regular U.S. Army. Don't forget about the marching 54th. Uh, the movie Glory talks about the 54th Regiment. Uh, some of the first black soldiers there uh, who fought were there uh, fighting in the 54th. But, again, we are talking about the great and mighty Buffalo Soldiers. They got the name Buffalo Soldiers by the Native Americans, I'm told. My research indicates to me. The um, Native Americans talked about the woolly hair of the soldiers was that like a buffalo. They talked about the strength. They talked about the uh, the skin. Uh, they talked about how just the incessant nature, the ferociousness in which our brothers uh, displayed valiant efforts on the battlefield is why they got the moniker of being Buffalo soldiers. Again, their hair, their skin, their, their toughness, and their ferociousness, their unrelenting pursuit on the battlefield is why and how they got the name of Buffalo soldiers. And uh, we'll go ahead and move forward. Uh, this here is a photo of uh, Mark Matthews. Mark Matthews uh, on September 6, 2005, he was the oldest surviving Buffalo soldier. He died at the age of 111 years old. He received full honors and is buried in uh, at Arlington National Cemetery. Again, we pay homage to our Buffalo soldier brother, Mark Matthews, oldest surviving than five. Also in Leavenworth, Texas, is this uh, Leavenworth, Kansas? Excuse me. Is this building? 
This building is the Richard Allen Cultural Center and Museum. Let me tell you a little bit about this museum. In 1992, the museum opened in the former home of U.S. Army Captain William Bly, a Buffalo soldier. The original Bly home was deeded to the Bethlehem African Methodist Episcopal Church, AME Church, in 1991. In 2002, an addition was made to the front of the home to display more artifacts about African-American history in Kansas. The center was named for Richard Allen, the illustrious Richard Allen, who I featured recently in the Black 365 calendar. He was the founder of the first AME church in the United States. There, you will find in front of that building, she is the only known female Buffalo soldier. Let me say that one more time. Soldier. Did you know that? Again, history sometimes does not do justice. History sometimes does not tell the whole story. His story sometimes tells his story. Again, being a patriarchal, misogynistic, uh, uh, man-centered subject sometimes, history does not always tell of the contributions of women. But indeed, there was a brave, there was a strong, there was a relentless, there was a virtuous, there was a formidable soldier who was a woman, and her name was Kathy Williams. There was no easy feat for Miss Kathy Williams to do what she did. No. As you can imagine, the sight or thought or uh, act of there being a woman in the ranks of the Army was not widely accepted. Matter of fact, it was against the rules. She knew this. So what did she do? Miss Kathy Williams cut her hair. I read in my research, donned a fake mustache and beard, deepened her voice intentionally, and went by the name of William Cathy. Women are so, 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 so smart, ingenious, so adept, always five steps ahead of men. Trust me, I believe it. I believe that with my whole heart. And so this just fooled her away into the U.S. Army, fooled her way into becoming a Buffalo soldier, simply turned around her name, and as opposed to being Kathy Williams, she told those in charge that her name was William Kathy and fought as a Buffalo soldier. Here is a statue of Miss William Kathy in front of the Richard Allen Center there in Leavenworth, Kansas. Let me see if I can... Stop sharing for one quick second, and I'm seeing an image. Oh, uh, let's see if I can. I wasn't sure if you all were seeing me, and I want to make sure you're seeing the slides. I think you all are seeing me and seeing the slides. Again, this is Jamal Brown, your host of the Just Freedom Radio Show. And we are discussing African-American soldiers. Some have criticized them. The highest rank in the land, in fact, reportedly said some negative things about soldiers. And we're setting the record straight, shining spotlight, giving due honor to those who should be receiving due honor. Miss William Cathy being one of those folks. This brother right here, his name has unfortunately been excluded from many, many history books. Here, should have honor and praise. So right here, his name is Vincent, Alvin Vincent Blunt, Jr., who not only served as a surgeon in the 8225th Nash uh, Division uh, uh, Hospital, again, medical hospital, uh, field hospital during the Korean War, but for a time, he was the chief surgeon of that unit. How many of you have heard of this brother? Given the brief resume that I've read about the brother, how many of you believe that he should, in fact, be known in history? Again, it's not that he was, if not the first, one of the first, again, medical surgeons on the battlefield, 8,225th MASH Division during the Korean War, the chief surgeon of that unit for some time. Again, we call black history 
truly is the missing pages of world history. That's not an original quote. I got to give credit where credit is due. Our dear brother, Dr. John Henry Clark, is responsible for that quotation. What we call black history truly is the missing pages of world history. When we think about soldiers, these are the names, these are the images, these are the faces that I want you to be able to recall. We have everything that we need. Our creator put inside of us all that we need, ingenuity, innovativeness, creativity, power, strength, grit. Our creator provides, again, those who believe that story of the Exodus know that, as the story goes, manna came from heaven. They were sustained. They were given all that they needed. We have been given all that we need to survive, and sure. Let's keep it moving. Again, you listen to the Just a Freedom Radio Show every single week, sometimes twice a week. We come on here live to bring to you information that may not be readily accessible to you. But you can count on us to consistently bring facts, 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 truth, 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 no slant, simply the truth. Again, I'm your host, Jamal Brown, a.k.a. Mr. Black 365, founder and creator of the Black 365 calendar and Black History Cards, black365.com. Let's move forward. This is a book that I am not too sure many of you have in your library one that I need to get in my library. How many of you have heard of the Lincoln Brigade? The Lincoln Brigade. Well, there were a group of African Americans who, against the will of the government, went to Spain to help fight in the Spanish Civil War. Now, you might be saying, what in the world does that have to do with anything? Why did these folks volunteer? Indeed, they volunteered to go across the, the, the world, go across the ocean, I was trying to say, but go across the world to help liberate another country in their civil war. You see the, the byline of the second quote here uh, on the front of the book said, this ain't Ethiopia, but it will do. Let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Again, there were uh, estimated 90-plus African-Americans who on their own volition going to strike a blow for freedom in another land. Let's get into why. Uh, the only, this comes from the inside jacket of this book, uh, says the only independent African nation, Ethiopia, held great historical, religious, and cultural value for black communities worldwide. Mussolini of Italy attacked, his attack on uh, Ethiopia, that is, Outrage African-Americans to recruit soldiers to the Ethiopian cause was discouraged by the U.S. government and consequently by Ethiopian leader Haile Selassie. In Spain, where Francisco Franco's fascist army was supported by 50,000 Italian troops, black Americans could symbolically fulfill the moral obligation they had felt to defend Ethiopia. Spain wasn't Ethiopia, but it would do. Again, let me break this down a little bit for you, who, those who may not know what it is, the significance here. So Ethiopia is the only African country to have never had the flag of an invader, never had the flag of a colonizer, never had the flag of an aggressor who sought to overcome them fly above their soil. Do you understand the significance of that? 54 countries. 53 of them at some point or another had the flag of a colonizer fly over the whole entire country. Ethiopia, the only place in Africa where that statement does not hold true. The Italians fought in an attempt to colonize Ethiopia. Here, let me back up just a tad. Africa is the wealthiest continent. I did not stutter. I am not mistaken. I did not misspeak. Naturally, 
Africa, wealthiest continent on the planet. Most of the golds, most of the world's gold, diamonds, cobalt, coltan, zinc, platinum, every virtually every mineral that went into the making of the atomic bomb, virtually every mineral that goes inside of your and my cell phone comes from the belly of Mother Africa. Now, there are systems in place that consistently and incessantly and around the clock steal the riches of our Mother Africa. So that's why it's sometimes jarring. That's why sometimes people are taken aback when I make the statement that Africa is the wealthiest place on the planet. People say, hold on, when I turn on National Geographic, when I turn on the History Channel, when I turn on CNN, I see swollen bellies and flies and crime and poverty. Yes, you do. That is not because of any sort of natural order. That is unnatural systems, white supremacy. Racism that is in play to this day around the clock in Africa and other parts of the world. And so, getting back to the script here, Ethiopia had never been colonized. Ethiopia had forever, to this day, remained image of Ethiopia in the hearts and minds of people of African descent all around the planet, particularly here in the United States. The image. Ethiopia exemplified, served as a source of pride for many, many African Americans. And so what happened was during the Spanish Civil War, some brothers and sisters, some 90, almost 100 brothers and sisters said, you know what, I'm going to Spain because Spain, trying to rule and conquer Spain, those same Italian forces have been striking blows against Ethiopia, so I can't go to Ethiopia and strike a blow against Italy, but I will go to Spain and strike a blow against Italy. This is what the brothers and sisters were doing as they went. This is what this book talks about, African-Americans in the Spanish Civil War. This ain't Ethiopia, but it will do. Brothers were risking life and limb. Again, we're talking about soldiers. We're talking about people who risked it all in the event, uh, in the pursuit of freedom and justice and liberation for black people. Some of those African Americans, in fact, did cross over into and struck blows against the Italians. Again, you have to understand that the Italians had superior weaponry, superior mechanical advantages. Ethiopians had to participate in asymmetric and sometimes guerrilla warfare, outgunned, outmanned, outmilitarized, yet instill the will and the heart and strength and passion and prayers of those African Americans along with those Ethiopians ensured that the statement can be made loud. The statement can be made proud. The statement can be made truthfully that Ethiopia was never, ever colonized. They said sometimes they would pray. I have pictures. Uh, I believe we showed pictures in a previous uh, radio show. We'll have to show them again. It's a beautiful picture. I have a button. And I've seen pictures of Haile Selassie, the ruler uh, at the time of Ethiopia, standing upon Italian bombs. What do you mean, Brother Jamal? Standing on bombs. Yes, floated bombs lying in fields that were dropped from helicopters onto Ethiopia that Haile Selassie and others were standing upon. How, why is this significant, Brother? What are you talking about? Make it plain. They said sometimes when they knew that the Italian jets were on their way, they said the people would gather outside and they would pray. So they would pray audibly and collectively. They said, they felt as if they, if they could pray that they can change and rearrange the atoms in the atmosphere. They can change and rearrange the wind. And there is verified, documented examples, multiple, of instances when the Italian planes would sometimes fly their missiles intended to hit 
cities, centers that were highly populated with men, women, and children, that there would be a great gust of wind that would come and sway those missiles and take them far off course and land them gently, unexploded, in empty fields. I get chills just at the thought of how this has happened. Again, our creator has saw it fit to make African people the first people on the planet Earth. There in the Nile Valley area, there near Ethiopia is the state of the oldest human bones on the planet Earth. You can't tell me that there's not something special about African people. So the topic for another day. We'll keep moving here. Fantastic book. Each and every show, we try to give you a book, a documentary, a statue that you can check out, along with the facts that we are presenting for the day, and that is the book that we are showcasing today, African Americans in the Spanish Civil War. This ain't Ethiopia, but it will do moving forward. We want to talk about some African American and military medicine. People on the planet Earth, the first doctor on the planet Earth was a black man by the name of Imhotep. It goes without saying that we had doctors we gave birth, we delivered birth uh, in Africa and Uganda in particular. There is evidence of C-sections taking place hundreds and hundreds of years ago before they ever took place in Europe. Uh, the mortality rate in Europe was higher than that of Uganda. Uh, infant mortality rate, mortality rate during uh, birth. Again, the African people, we have been delivering birth and, 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 and having surgeries, eye surgeries, head surgeries, heart surgeries, all these surgeries. Again, we know medicine. Uh, we lived for thousands and thousands of years before anyone else was on the planet. So it goes without saying that we are great doctors. And sometimes some people say through genetic memory and other means being doctors uh, somewhat goes down. But we're talking about doctors and we're talking about chaplains as well. Uh, let me stick the script here. Uh, let me move right here. Dr. Henry McNeil Turner, he'll be featured in the 2021 Black 365 calendar. Let me talk to you. I'm reading the illustrious words of the independent scholar, Mr. James Morgan III, right here. In the year 1858, uh, Henry McNeil Turner uh, joined the AME Church and became a very popular minister. During the Civil War, Turner became a recruiter for the 1st United States Colored Troop Regiment and was as a chaplain of the regiment. He became the first chaplain of African descent in American military history. After the war, Turner, Turner uh, served in the Georgia State Legislature during Reconstruction and helped rewrite the state constitution. Henry McNeil Turner served as an editor for several newspapers and a chancellor of Morris Brown College and in the year 1880 was elected as the first uh, bishop in the AME history to reside in the American South. Throughout his life, Bishop Henry McNeil Turner was an early advocate for the Back to Africa that Imhotep spirit, uh, meaning he was a renaissance man. Uh, it, it, Paul Rosen creeps into the conversation yet again. He is one of the favorites here on this show. But again, Paul Robeson was a renaissance man. Martin Delaney, who we're not talking about uh, thoroughly in this presentation, but we could, uh, he too was a renaissance man, one of the first to attend Harvard Medical School, military man. Uh, we'll have to feature him and give him his just due in a future presentation. But again, Henry McNeil Turner, a chaplain. So again, we have black, we've had black medics, we've had black chaplains, of course, have black soldiers all fighting in service of this country. We've told the story before, fantastic story, one of my favorite stories to tell. So we'll tell it in right here, right now, about this man, Mr. Robert Small. Smalls was enslaved, lived in South Carolina. He was, because of his stature, because of his essence, his energy, his aura, uh, he was not treated like because he was a sellout, not because he was a coon, not because he uh, acted in opposition to African people, just because of who he was. He had an anointing on his life. And he was uh, on a ship, Confederate ship, called the SS Planter. This was a prized Confederate ship that had done much damage to the Union Navy and to the Union forces. He was, one of his jobs was to be upon that ship. One night, May 2nd, 
he was unchanged like he oftentimes was on this boat. And the Confederate officers got off of the boat to go have some partying, party and revelry and get drunk. And with four knowledge of this day coming and the fact that he would be in control without being changed, he had family members and friends hide out along the riverbank. About four o'clock in the morning, I believe the time was, he took control of formerly enslaved, or at that time, at that moment, enslaved Robert Smalls, no formal education, took control of the ship, began navigating the ship through South Carolina River passageways. There were military Confederate checkpoints along for each checkpoint. He gave the sign, the signal, the call, the sound that got him past the checkpoint. He donned the hat. Even say he put into his mouth the corn pipe, corn husk pipe of the captain so that he could look like the captain as he navigated the ship through the passageways. As dawn broke, he delivered this prized Confederate ship to an awaiting U.S. Union Navy fleet that was in the Atlantic Ocean. That is an amazing story. That's a timeless story. It's a story that I guarantee you you will hear told by me again on these waves, our brother, Robert Mons. He didn't stop there. He was given a financial, monetary reward, freedom of his wife and the rest of his family and others. He didn't stop there. I'm telling you right now. If I did all that, I'm stopping. I'm telling you, that'd be the end of my book, the end of my chapter. Look what I did. I escaped from slavery. I out of slavery. Delivered this ship. I'm chilling for the rest of my life. But good thing our brother Robert Small is better than Jamal Brown. Because what this brother did, he began uh, being one of the top recruiters of the Union uh, for black soldiers, started getting more and more black soldiers into the Union to fight for freedom. Uh, he went into politics, served both in the Senate side and the House side of South Carolina's Congress, and lived an illustrious life. This statue, if I'm not mistaken, stands outside of the home that he purchased. The home that he purchased wasn't his home. He purchased the home where he was formerly enslaved. You heard me right. The place where in the back of the house he had food not fit for an animal, clothes not fit for a man, and where he tasted the lash of the whip. In the supreme act of bravery, in a supreme demonstration of gall, in a supreme manifestation of I am that brother. Our brother, Robert Smalls, purchased the house that he was formerly enslaved in, and this statue, if I'm not mistaken, stands outside of that home. I have this photo. The photo's quality isn't as we can better see what is inscribed on that statue. Let me read it to you. Inscribed on the statue says, Robert Smalls, my race needs no special defense, for the past history of them in this country proves equal of any people anywhere. All they need is an equal chance in the battle of life. End quote, Robert Smalls, November 1st, 1895. The hairs on my arm are standing up right now. Let me read that one more time, just because it was powerful. Just because it's powerful. There's also a statue of our dear brother, I'm told, in Washington, D.C. as well. This one here is located in South Carolina. I'm going to read that quotation one more time. Robert Smalls, November 1st, 1895, quoted by saying, inscribed on this statue, my race needs no special defense. For the past history of them in this country, 
them to be the equal of any people anywhere. All they need is an equal chance in the battle of life. Our dear brother, Robert Smalls, I love you. I am not sure why this statue is in the condition that it's in. I promise you, if I ever go to South Carolina, which I plan to do, and I come upon this statue, I will have a towel in hand and do my best to give a nice cleaning, nice polish to this statue in honor of our dear brother, Robert Smalls. Again, you're listening to Jamal Brown, a.k.a. Mr. Black 365, founder, creator of the Black 365 calendar, found at black365.com. You are listening to the Gist of Freedom radio show, Gist of Freedom show. You can find an archive of all of our shows at blackhistoryuniversity.com, blackhistoryuniversity.com. You can check out iHeartRadio, Apple iTunes, YouTube to find more of our shows. Again, 30,000 times is the number our shows have been listening to. There's over 500 shows in our database. You can have access to them. Let's keep it moving. Miss Mary Elizabeth Bowser. There is little officially accurately told about this system. Uh, this system is a dynamic system. Um, it is told that she was born and enslaved and that her enslaver died and willed the enslaved to uh, his daughter, if I'm not mistaken, and the daughter did not believe in the horrible institution of the wretched institution of enslavement. And so she freed Mary Elizabeth Bowser and others. However, freeing enslaved Africans was against the rules. So they weren't free. Treat them fairly, allowed them to become educated. And once the Civil War broke out, uh, it is said that she began to be a fantastic spy for the Union. Uh, some research indicates that she worked in the Confederate White House, if you will, and attempted to burn down Confederacy. Her stone reads this. Mary Elizabeth Bowser, born 1840, Union Military Intelligence, oh, freedom. Again, these are the names, these are the images, these are the stories that should flood into our minds. Anytime anyone wants to speak ill of any brother or sister who fought on behalf of black people and fought on behalf of this country. Union military intelligence agent, she risked her life and liberty so that all could know freedom. She said, burn it down. Again, there's some historians that dispute that fact, but it sounds good. And again, someone said the story and somebody wrote it down that again, she lived her life in search of freedom, lived her life in the pursuit of freedom for all of our brothers. We know this face on the left. This statue comes to us from the great city of Boston, uh, Massachusetts. I, in fact, have personally laid eyes. I, in fact, have personally touched this statue. That's a weird thing about touching statues. That's another story for another day. Touched quite a few statues. Um, Some in museums, some on the streets. This, again, is on the streets of Boston. This is our dear sister, Harriet Tubman, showing, showing her uh, uh, pursuing freedom and forging a way forward of many brothers and sisters. Again, this is in Boston, Massachusetts. We do know beyond a shadow of a doubt that our sister made some say 13, some say 11, some say 13, some say 19 documented trips from enslavement to freedom, taking with her hundreds, freeing thousands of people. She said out of her own mouth uh, that she freed thousands. She could have freed thousands more if only they knew that they were slaves. Here we see her depicted. Uh, But did you know that there is a Harriet Tubman Bridge? That's right. There is a Harriet Tubman Bridge in South Carolina. That word that I don't think that I'm pronouncing correctly, but it comes from Ahi River, C-O-M-B-A-H-E-E River. 
uh, is where this bridge is at. If you can recall from the movie, that final scene in the movie where she was along with other Union soldiers, they were all had rifles or shotguns, rifles, and she began singing in the direction of the trees, and hundreds of people began to emerge from the trees. That scene is there along the Kambahi River. Amazing. Come by here, my Lord. Come by here. We are given what we need in order to survive. And so that scene is on that river. That river now is known to have a bridge atop it known as the Harriet Tubman Bridge. Our people have risked life. Our people have risked limb in pursuit of freedom, justice for all. For some, those are empty words. For those, for, well, for others, those are words that people live and die by. Harriet Tubman is once again one of those people who risked life and limb for that, and we love her and we appreciate her for that. After she again did what she did in terms of getting herself free and family members free. She, unlike me, was better than me. She rejoined. She wanted to do more. Again, she became a scout and a spy and a nurse for the Union, and she did so many great things. Here is a one of those markers that talks about her that's there in South Carolina as well. Freedom along the Kambahi. Uh, Union gun 300 soldiers along the river, and one force came ashore here at the Kambahi, the, the Kambahi Ferry. Soldiers took livestock and supplies and destroyed houses, barns, and rice at nearby plantations. More than 700, some estimates say 1,000, but 700 enslaved men, women, and children were taken to freedom in perhaps the largest emancipation event in wartime South Carolina. Some freedmen soon enlisted in the U.S. Army. Our sister... Harriet Tubman is responsible for this act. And one day, freed nearly some people. When I read stuff like this, it makes me think, what am I doing with my life? The 24 hours I have in a day, am I really maximizing them? I'm telling you, uh, it gets me off the couch. It wakes me up early. It ensures I go to bed late trying to just live a fraction of a life of the greats. Some of about today, Harriet Tubman, Robert Smalls, the Buffalo Soldiers, Kathy Williams, and more. We're not done. This brother right here, I'm talking about him for more than one reason. What I'm going to read to you is not even the real reason why he's in this presentation. He's that dynamic, that astute, that astounding. One another people, another person who makes me want to live a better life. Edward Joseph Dwight Jr. He was a sculptor, an author, former test pilot. He is the first African American to have entered the Air Force training program for which NASA selected astronauts. Again, he was first prepared to train to go into the United States. Some of the protocols in which are used today, some of the protocols for which some of the protocols that are used today for which astronauts use to prepare to go to outer space were perfected by this brother right here. And that's not even the reason why I'm talking about the brother. That's why I'm talking about it, that's not what I'm talking about. When I was doing research on what I'm about to show you on the next slide and why I came across his name, but then I found out these aspects of the brother. Fantastic brother. He is the sculptor of this statue right here. The statue showcases, depicts, demonstrates, highlights the emancipation of our brothers and sisters, June 19th, June 19th 1865, Galveston, Texas. This brother right here who was training to be an astronaut, who was an Air Force 
members voted this statue. I want to show you. I want to show you some more pictures, but let me tell you a little bit more about this statue. This monument is made of bronze and granite. It was erected in the year 2016, Texas. Uh, uh, traces of Americans in Texas from the 1500s to the present. The central portion of the memorial sculpted by Ed Dwight depicts Juneteenth in Texas, which commemorates the day on June 19, 1865, the announcement of the abolition of slavery in Texas more than two years after President Abraham Lincoln signed the 1863 Emancipation Proclamation abolishing the enslavement of African people. Beautiful, beautiful statue, beautiful, beautiful brother. I can't say enough. Again, look how large this statue was. I mean, there's there's so many thoughts that are coming into my mind as I speak. One of the thoughts is I can't imagine being enslaved two years after enslavement was supposedly over. But then the larger thought that comes to my mind, I can't imagine being enslaved at all physically. But we thank our brother, Ed Jr., for his multiple talents. He, too, was a Renaissance man, much like Inhotep, much like Paul Robeson, much like Martin Delaney, multi-talented, multi-faceted, multi-dimensional. His name, his works should live in our hearts and minds forever. His name should be emblazoned and emboldened in history books. He deserves much, much, much more praise than what he currently receives. But that's what we do here at the Gifted Freedom Radio Show. We shine a spotlight on our people. Many of us know the name of... John Brown. Uh, For understand, there's a show that's going to come out uh, here in the short term, uh, here real soon, about John Brown. It talks about uh, his bravery and his uh, fight and plight to be a part of the solution, be a part of the liberation of people. We thank John Brown for his contributions. Some say he was a lunatic. I won't say that, but again, I'll say that I appreciate his attempts to liberate black people. Uh, If you don't know the story of John Brown, in brief, he was a Caucasian man, a white man, who did, just as I uh, mentioned, he he attempted And to help him in this pursuit, uh, there were five black men, Osborne Anderson, Louis Leary, Shields Green, John Copeland, and Dangerfield Newby. There are the names of those black men. But behind every black man, finish the sentence for me, there's a strong black woman. And even behind this white man, there was a strong black woman as well. There was this sister by the name of Mary Ellen Pleasant. Her name, her essence, her energy, her story does not receive the attention that it should. But we at the Just Freedom radio will do our best to see what it does. Jamal Brown, to my work, I am going to include her in some future works at black365.com because she is amazing. Uh, Mary Ellen Pleasant, the mother of California's early civil rights movement. Hey, on, brother, you were talking about, you were just talking about uh, John Brown. Why are we talking about this sister? Well, let me tell you why we're talking about this sister. Read with me. She left San Francisco from 1857 to 1859 to help John Brown. You think he was out there doing it all by himself? You think that he had the thought and the mind and the uh, uh, plans and script to come up with a free black town all by himself? No. Complicit, complying with, coming up with the pot and the plan and the scheme were black men and black women. Mary Ellen Pleasant was one of those black women. She left San Francisco from 1857 to 1859 to help John Brown. She was said to have actively supported his cause with money. She was a millionaire. There was a note from her in his pocket when he was arrested, him being John Brown. When he was arrested, there was a handwritten note in his coat pocket from this sister talking about plans for the future, outlaying the blueprint of how things were to be done, and talking about the money that she had given him. There was a note from her in the pocket 
when he was arrested after the Harper Ferry Armory incident, but as it was only signed with her initials, M-E-P, Mary Ellen Present. It was in scribble. It was in um, cursive. And the illiterate fools who got the letter misread it and thought it was a W-E-P. And so they were thrown off the track. They were thrown off the scent. They didn't know who they were chasing after. <laughs> so she was not caught. She returned to San Francisco to continue her work there, where she was known as the Black City Hall. What we call Black history truly is the missing pages of world history. How many of you are familiar with anything that I just talked about? That there was a Black woman millionaire in the 1800s who lived in San Francisco. There's a Black woman millionaire who had the pot, the plan, the scheme, the blueprint for John Brown and financed the entire revolution that was attempting to take place. Our sister, Mary Ellen Pleasant. She has a park. I thought I had it in here. There is a park named after her in San Francisco. In a twisted fate of irony or just flat-out racism, you tell me, it is the smallest park in San Francisco that bears the name Mary Ellen Pleasant. Her tombstone is I don't have it here in the presentation, but we'll show it in a future presentation and inscribe there's some beautiful words uh, about her and being a friend to John Brown. People sometimes go and pour libations atop the monument in honor of her and her works. Keeping up with sisters, well, we're wrapping up here. Keeping on the topic of sisters who have done great and amazing things, we have this sister right here, Mary Ann Shad. She was an American-Canadian anti-enslavement activist, journalist, publisher, teacher, and lawyer. She, too, had the Imhotep spirit. She, too, was a Renaissance person like Imhotep, like Martin, Martin Delaney, like Paul Robeson, like our brother Ed Dwight, Jr. We had a Renaissance sister, Mary Ann Shad. There is a statue dedicated in honor of this sister. Let me tell you about some of the great things that she was able to accomplish in her life. She was the first black woman publisher in North America and the first woman publisher in Canada. First black woman publisher in North America, first woman of any race in Canada. Because of the Fugitive Slave Act, she lived in Delaware. Because of the Fugitive Slave Act, you might recall that from the movie Harriet. Remember, Harriet was in Boston. However, she had to go further north into Canada as a result of the Fugitive Slave Act, saying that uh, bounty hunters and others could go into free lands, free territories, and re-enslave Africans and take them back down to the south and collect a bounty. Uh, Fugitive Slave Act, 1866, uh, that had occurred thus this sister had to move with her family to Canada from Delaware. Uh, during the Civil War, at the behest of abolitionist, our great brother, Martin Delaney, uh, she served as a recruiting officer to enlist black volunteers into the Union Army in the state of Indiana. So we had this living in Delaware, being a teacher. She moved to Canada, became a publisher. She moved to Indiana and became a recruiter. Again, I ask, what are you doing with your 24 hours? I'm not only asking you because I've asked myself that. What am I doing with my 24 hours? Am I living the best life that I can that I can, in pursuit, with passion, with power for my people? There are so many people who have done just that, that the best way that we can pay homage, pay honor to them is to begin to try just on a fractional level, on a fractional basis, to duplicate their work in our own special way. Some more facts about the sisters. A lot of words. It's not my style to give a lot of words on a slide, but there are so many things that had to be said about the sister. I'll read them quickly. Talking about Miss uh, Amy Shad. Uh, she, uh, after the Civil War, she taught in black schools in Wilmington. She then returned to D.C., with her daughter and taught for 15 years in the public schools. She then attended Howard University School of Law, again, an Imhotep sister. Uh, she graduated at the age of 60 in 1883. Reminds me of Anna Julia Cooper, who at 63, if I'm not mistaken, got her PhD. I believe she was the fourth woman, or fourth, yeah, fourth woman, I believe, to earn a PhD. She did that in her 60s as well. Uh, but our sister Ms. Shad uh, graduated at the age of 60, 
Never tell me it's too late to accomplish your goals, your dreams, your hopes, your aspirations. As long as you have breath in your lungs, pursue the good fight. Pursue, press towards the mark of excellence. She graduated, I'll say it one more time, at the age of 60 in 1883, becoming only the second black woman in the United States to earn a law degree. She wrote for the newspapers The National Era and also The People's Advocate in 1880, organized the Colored Women's Progressive Franchise. Shad, Shad Carey joined the National Women's Suffrage Association alongside Susan B. Anthony, Elizabeth Caddy Stanton, and Women's Suffrage, suffrage uh, testifying before the Judiciary Committee of the House of Representatives and becoming the first African-American woman to vote in a national election. John Copeland, uh, as well, uh, writes the book Soul Survivor. Amazing sister, amazing talent, out of this world, commitment to our people. When we think of our soldiers, we must honor them, we must respect them, we must show appreciation to those who have fought for our liberation, for our people. This is the last slide in today's show. It's been a full show, a robust show, a show that brings me great honor and joy to do, as all of our shows do, but this one just feels a little different to me. I'm not exactly sure why, but it just feels extra good to highlight these folks. I know why, because it stands in stark contrast to the reported words of being stupid, being dumb that were supposedly said. It shows beyond a shadow of a doubt the bravery. It shows beyond a shadow of a doubt the intelligence, the wit, the honor, the skill, the determination, the perseverance of so many individuals of African descent, black people. They're not losers. They're not suckers. They're admirable people, upstanding people outstanding people. Some people dodged the war. Some people had their, used their funds to uh, have their fathers bribe doctors to say they have arthritis. Some people hide in bunkers. Some people escape to Canada. Some people go away. Comes time to put life on the line. When it comes time to risk limb, some people run and hide. Others run to the front lines. And I've showed you a number of black men and black women who routinely and consistently and proudly and boldly ran to the front lines. This here is a placard that stands in another country. It stands in Canada. And it speaks of our dear sister, Miss Shad. Uh, talks about the, one of the papers that she wrote for that she, I believe, helped establish. Uh, it was first published in 1853 in Windsor and later in Toronto and Chapman, the, Pro, the Provincial Freeman newspaper catered to abolitionists in British North America and the Northern United States. Editor was Mary Ann Shad, an African-American immigrant who arrived in Canada West in 1851. Guided by Shad's commitment to anti-slavery, anti-enslavement issues, the paper advocated that, quote, self-reliance, is the true road to independence, Fuji Chagalia, self-determination. The provincial freedom championed temperance, social reform, and African-American immigration to British North America, where enslavement or slavery was outlawed in 1833. Well-known abolitionists such as Samuel Ringwald Ward, William P. Newman, H. Ford Douglas, and our brother, Renaissance man, we're going to have to, we're going to have to, spotlight him in a future show coming up soon, Martin Delaney, as well as siblings Isaac and Amelia Shad, also lent their editorial voices to the paper during its run. Published until 1860, the paper successfully promoted black political discourse and revealed the degree to which middle-class African-Canadian women participated in the public sphere. Ontario Heritage Trust, an agency of the government of Ontario. This placard is in dedication and memorial of our dear sister, Mary Ann Shad. We hope that you have enjoyed this 
episode of the Just a Freedom Show. It has been, as always, a pleasure and honor. I am indeed humbled to be your host. My name is Jamal Brown, a.k.a. Mr. Black 365, founder and creator of the Black 365 calendar, as well as a host of other Black 365 products that are suitable and recommended for all ages. You are a homeschooler, because everyone in the country is a homeschooler at this point. Use these works to supplement what it is that is going on in your home. Likewise, all of the shows at the Just Freedom Radio Show at Black History University can be used and should be used to help supplement the education that is taking place in homes across America right now and across the world. Indeed, when students go back, we encourage you to have, to have the tab and the task the educators in your children's school to incorporate these videos, these messages, these radio shows into the classrooms. We want your feedback. We want to know what you thought about this show. We want to know what you think about uh, other topics in black history that you would like for us to, to discuss. Again, just a recap what we went through today in real brief. Uh, we talked about the outstanding Buffalo soldiers and told you about this statue that exists in Leavenworth, Kansas. Um, this brother right here is the oldest known or longest living um, Buffalo soldier, Mr. Mark Anthons. Uh, Mark, An- Mark Matthews, also there in Leavenworth, is the Richard Allen Cultural Center, which proudly displays in front the statue of Miss Kathy Williams, Buffalo soldier. She pretended to be a man, acted as if she was a man in order to become a Buffalo soldier. This brother right here was a lead surgeon in Korea. There's a book about African Americans in the Spanish Civil War who secretly crept into Ethiopia to strike a blow of freedom for the Ethiopians against the invading Italians. Brother Henry McNeil Turner, the first black chaplain in the U.S. military, our dear brother, has his place in my heart. I want to, I want to be a fraction of what this man was. Have the bravery, have the honor, have the dedication, have the skills, have the will that this brother had. I only want a fraction of it, and I think I'll be all right. Our brother Robert Smalls, who was uh, a freedom fighter, fought for and purchased his own freedom, purchased the house that he was formerly enslaved with. I promise you, I will touch this statue if I'm ever in Charleston, South Carolina, and I'll do my best to restore it to its best and brightest glory. Our sister Mary Elizabeth Bowser, who was born and enslaved and then was no longer enslaved and became a spy for the Union against the Confederate and is thought to have attempted to burn down the quote-unquote White House of the Confederates. On her grave, it says, Union military intelligence agent, she risked her life and liberty so that all could know freedom. Our dear sister Queen Harriet Tubman, this statue is in Boston, this bridge is in South Carolina. This scene depicts uh, her bravery that this plaque discusses how she freed 700, nearly 1,000 people in one day, the most ever in South Carolina freed in one instance. This brother right here, Junior, was training to be an astronaut, was an Air Force man as a sculptor who sculpted this beautiful, magnificent, amazing, out-of-this-world sculpture depicting Juneteenth and the freedom of our brothers and sisters in Texas, John Brown and his band of men, Mary Ellen Pleasant, the financier and the architect of the blueprint for the liberation of black people that John Brown attempted to liberate and our sister, Miss Mary Ann Chad. Again, this will be the final scene. Again, give us any feedback. Let us know how we can improve on our presentations. Let us know who you would like to see featured, highlighted in future presentations. Use the hashtag Black Scouts and let us know about any individual instance idea that you are aware of that we should highlight. We'll even turn the camera on you and allow you to present, uh, if you would like, uh, about such ideas or individuals or instances that you're aware of in black history and we'll bring you on the show interview you or showcase your uh, clips and photos uh either way again this is a community show we we exist only to uh, 
uplift and benefit the community. That is our sole reason and purpose. Again, our hour has been well spent. I'm your host, Jamal Brown, signing off until next time. I wish you peace.